0: This is the Urban Political.
1: The podcast on urban theory, research, and activism.
2: You just heard voices from a protest in Athens, taking place during one of the RC21's conference tours in Exarchia a neighborhood known for its radical political activism and intellectual movement. A disputed neighborhood as well, because of its non-commercial and anti-hierarchical ethos, which is not well regarded by its opponents, who see it as the epicenter of anti-establishment movements. Home to migrant and refugee communities, exarchia is more than an anarchist project. It fosters political formations through alternative forms of living and inhabiting cities. My name is Julio Paulus and together with Markus Kipp and Nitin Batla, we are hosting a podcast on this year's RC21 conference in Athens. The team for the 2020 RC21 conference explores ordinary cities in exceptional times. RC21, for those who are unfamiliar with its acronym, stands for Research Committee on Urban and Regional Development. RC21 was founded in 1970 to create an international community of urban scholars dedicated to advancing the field of urban theory and sociology. As this podcast aims to reflect, one of the main points is where the field stands and how can we detect advances in today's many modes of doing urban research. RC21's in attendance was extraordinary. Extraordinary because it's the first in-person conference for many people after two years of digital-only meetings. Extraordinary because it takes place in Athens, a vibrant city. A city full of history and diversity. A city which reassembles nearly all of the topics relevant to the field of critical urban studies. From migration to housing, from exclusion to exception, from global issues to local realities. Extraordinary because we are living in extraordinary times, as a conference topic depicts. Extraordinary because RC21 yet again managed to attract a large and diverse range of participants and the topic could it be more timely. It was possible for the organizers of the conference to anticipate issues and accommodate a large number of participants, international participants, echoing and mirroring the moment of rich experimentation in the field. In the following, you will hear some impressions from this year's RC21 conference. The podcast presents and reassembles snippets, fragments and explorations of personal accounts, stories and experiences from the organizers, attendees and committee members. Among the people you will hear are Julie Rand, Julia Turino, Abdul Malik Simone, Eduardo Marquez, Talia Blockland, Nidhi Subramaniam, Dato Gogishvili, Simone Tulumello, Penny Cutrolico, and Stavros Tavrides. From all these testimonies we may not just want to think, where does the field stand, but where can this conference take us? Stay put to hear the insightful reflections and reactions collected during the
3: conference.
4: Okay, I'm, I have the pleasure to speak with uh, Stavros Stavridis, uh, who is a member of the local organizing committee of the conference. Um, and uh, it's a Friday evening, so the conference is... Over, uh, Stavos, what's your
5: impressions? What do you take away? Well, first of all, it was a very successful meeting because lots of people managed to be here after a long time of uh, COVID uh, restrictions and, and you know get involved in face-to-face uh, dialogue, uh, presentations, um, exchanges, formal and informal. So this is already a successful event Uh, judged uh, on that terms. On the other hand uh, it's a crucial period in which um, the very concept of uh, exception or extraordinary conditions in the city needs to be uh, urgently discussed upon, problematized, theorized and it's not by chance that this was at the center of this conference. And a lot of um, colleagues uh, uh, have contributed in uh, in this discussion by sharing both experiences and uh, theoretical suggestions because this is uh, indeed a very crucial period for the future of, of humanity but also for the future of, of democracy if you want
4: what are the uh, maybe the most uh, striking uh, insights that you have learned uh, on this on this issue of extraordinary or exceptional times uh, uh,
5: in in cities um, over the last couple of days? Well, first of all, uh, talking about exception, uh, there is not only the exception, the kinds of exception that are imposed by dominant, let's say, elites or dominant uh, agents and authorities, which of course limit our rights, uh, produce problems in terms of uh, Managing uh, the common goods and so on. It's also an issue of exception as it is being produced from below. Exceptional uh, experiences that come out of movements, citizen initiatives that show that a different public and and, and city life is possible. So lots of this kind of uh, ideas and, and, uh, and experiences were discussed either in the context of decolonizing knowledge in the context of uh, producing a dialogue between different approaches and perspectives uh, feminist uh, um, uh, approaches and perspectives uh, located on the issue of rights or on the issue of uh, planning and, uh, and and the processes of uh, the participation all these discussions show that uh, uh, the ordinary and the exceptional can indeed be problematized on uh, the ground of, of asking who is producing the exception and who is suffering or who is, has to deal with the exception and who is producing new habits or imposing old ones as a means of control. Therefore, I think in the the context of urban studies, this is a very important discussion which is urgently needed, extremely actual, extremely connected to what is happening right now in the world. And I think it it will also uh, contribute to discussions about what should the future be.
4: I wonder, um, maybe talking a bit about Athens as, as the backdrop to, to this, this conference, um, like what, what, what specific experiences from, from this particular place on earth does it bring to the
5: urban, urban international research? Well, uh, first of all it was uh, indeed uh, a timely combination between the place and the the problem discussed because Athens and in Greece in general has been through a process of dealing with crisis for years now uh, started as the economic uh, crisis, it produced social crisis in various levels and of course during the pandemic we shared the the, the results of a a global crisis uh, with other cities and, and, and countries Therefore problematizing exception was already part of a common experience for for Athens. We had to face exceptional measures, exceptional attacks actually to to urban and and social rights. We had to rethink about what it means to have the power to say how the city should be. In a period in which you could only, you can not even, you could not even uh, get outside the, your house, so all this has contributed to producing a setting of the discussions that was, let's say, in a close uh, dialogue with uh, with uh, the issues. Um, at the same time, I think Athens, as in other cities of the world, too. Has produced um, um, interesting experiences of uh, solidarity and resistance to this kind of exceptional measures and exceptional policies. Policies of that impose a state of exception, actually a state of emergency. Uh, first, by taking advantage of the limitations of the. Um, uh, memorandum policies, and then taking advantage of the limitations coming from health conditions. Um, and uh, uh, as engaged academics, uh, we have to deal with uh, not only with uh, the results of the move of, of, of the of the policies that come from above, but also the results of actions that come from below that contest what exists that dispute and uh, challenge uh, predominant let's say views and also we have to study and there have been a lot of presentations connected to this kind of study we have to study the ways urban forms of solidarity have developed in against and beyond uh, uh, state of exception um, in Athens especially we had uh, as in other cities too um, chances of developing networks of mutual aids and mutual uh, support uh, especially directed towards the most vulnerable during the first period of crisis this was also connected to the refugee waves that uh, had to uh, come through greece and, and lots of people needed the support so we had self managed initiatives that were discussed here but also Uh, forms of solidarity that developed during the pandemic and after the pandemic because uh, this kind of crisis had direct economic results and the most vulnerable became even more vulnerable Uh, and lots of people were added to the precarious conditions of those so uh, learning from these uh, uh, examples, learning from those initiatives is a crucial part of academic work for engaged in intellectuals and engaged ac- academics, I believe.
4: And now on looking the other way, what do you think uh, the fact of having uh, the conference here in Athens uh, brings to the community of urban activists and
5: researchers
4: here in Athens?
5: Well, we had... Um, an event at the first day at the opening ceremony when uh, a group of local activists came and presented us uh, their struggle against the gentrification of the area in which the, the opening ceremony took place, which is a very crucial central area of Athens, uh, always connected to alternative culture and youth uh, struggles, which is harshly uh, uh, attacked by gentrifying uh, policies. Uh, also including the planting of a metro station at the heart of this neighborhood with no need actually in terms of transportation but merely as an as a kind of expression of a advanced city um, so we have heard them very very uh, attentively uh, they were really accepted and um, uh, they I think they also understood that this is a meeting of academics which is not self-enclosed in a, you know, the, the ivory tower as we said a long time ago. It's academics who really want to know what is happening and who really take sides when it is needed. So I think uh, 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 in various forms this uh, kind of solidarity towards uh, local movements is expressed and is going to be expressed also in the, to the tomorrow's field trips which are not innocent tourist trips, they are field trips that are directed towards the recognition and the the study of local initiatives and local problems. So, as always, RC21 is not simply a conference, it's also an act that intervenes in a certain, of course, way to the urban setting in which it is being performed. Great, that Thank you. Okay, it's
4: Friday, the third day of the conference. Um, I'm sitting here with uh, two members from the board of the RC21, um, precisely uh, Eduardo Marquez from Brazil and uh, Talia Blockland, who is also the president uh, from Germany. Can you tell me a, a little bit about uh, how you perceive the uh, composition of the... Uh, participants at the conference or what what do you know about the maybe the the statistics of where people come from and how many people are here
6: Um, well I I don't know exactly the statistics precisely but I think the the, there are two uh, two elements there one is uh, an effort that the RC has been doing in the last uh, years uh, to um to so make the community larger and uh, more representative of the urban uh, the debates worldwide so in uh, this is present here i think uh, all, all the the recent conferences they, they become more and more uh, diversified in, uh, but at the same time this conference has obviously the, the the restrictions of of the end of 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 the pandemic so uh Probably places where financing is not so strong are not really uh, strongly represented. But I don't. I, I, I think this is. Uh, uh, for example, uh, we have a lot of people from from my country, from Brazil. We have a lot of people from India uh, that I know, uh, ex uh, students of the of the summer schools that we uh, recognize and we, uh, because we m- meet each other uh, in several conferences. So I think it's quite diversified.
4: We have another uh, board member from the RC21 here. Uh, Could you introduce yourself, please?
6: My name is John Joe, or JJ Schlickman. I'm from DePaul University in Chicago.
4: We just spoke about the uh, composition uh, of the participants and also about the complications. Uh, Of course, some people um, who are members of the RC21 or from the scholarly com- community worldwide face uh, when, when traveling and the visa restrictions and I was wondering how um, the RC21 is dealing with these uh, obstacles and how, like, what kind of measures do you do to, uh, to increase um, the accessibility, let's say.
7: One step back maybe to the various people that are participating, I think we see quite clearly that the conference moves. So we have a bid where cities, scholars from various cities can bid for the conference to move to their city, so to say, and we see in the statistics of the participants that every city where we were, every country where we were, generates participants over the years. So India, where we were, we were in Delhi in 2019, the reason why we have Quite the presence of Indian scholars here now is because we had the conference there once. The same for Amsterdam, the same for Berlin. So there's quite a few places where we've been over the years where you see that effect. So I think moving the conference is a very um, important thing for the RC. Um, In terms of the ways of you know is it inclusive to to have a face-to-face conference what are the challenges we have there we've talked about this extensively within the board and we see the face-to-face conference is one of the activities that the RC does, and there's always the World Congress and the World Forum that are going to be hybrid. Next year is in Melbourne, that conference is hybrid. So the participation for people that cannot travel, or also the idea of reducing travel uh, for ecological reasons, is possible by having those hybrid events, but it doesn't mean that hybrid events are the answer to everything.
6: And I would add to that that uh, I, I think uh, this is an urban conference. So uh, face-to-face is not just among us, is with the city itself. So it, it's part of the experience of being part of being of the community of urban scholars to travel to cities and to do tours and to walk in the cities and to feel the neighborhoods and to feel the talk to the people in the street. And this is something that cannot be achieved by, uh, by online uh, activities. We learned uh, a lot during the pandemic to do good uh, interaction through, through the, the screen, but um, obviously this does not uh, substitute the, uh, the face-to-face. And for, for an urban community, I think it's really important to, to be here and to hear the insects. And, yeah. As sociologists, especially as even as planners, as architects, we don't want to give up human interaction. Um, And I think that's extremely important that this is one of the forms in which we meet. Uh, But I also think it's important to keep in mind that as 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 a global society, we're determining what is a just modality for us to meet in. Hybrid conferences have very strong exclusions themselves uh online conferences have very strong exclusions themselves and so we're not considering an unjust option versus a just option this is something that we need to think about as a community for
7: a long time going forward and the last addition to that maybe here in Athens like there we have been able to facilitate the the members that have wanted to participate and it's sad I've registered, I want to present a paper, and I've written to the, to the local organizers who've done a fantastic job to accommodate people who couldn't actually be here and present. Um, so we're really grateful for people, first of all, to come to us and say, you know, I have this problem, and then to, to find ad hoc local solutions for that. The uh, organizing hybrid conference, an entire hybrid conference, is an entirely different, li- bo- different ball game, for which you need the, the infrastructure in terms of broadband, in terms of the internet capacities that the institutions have. And to say we're going to do a hybrid conference means also that you're going to be in elite institutions that have the facilities to accommodate that. So it was quite clear when we said we were going to Athens that it was not going to be hybrid. That there is limitations to the infrastructures that we can use.
8: Okay, thank you. So, we're talking to Julie Wren. She's a postdoctoral researcher from the University of Zurich. And uh, I was just at Julie's presentation on um, working with saint At um, And we will have um, some things about the presentation in the show notes. So Julie, I wanted to speak to you about the RC21 conference um, and this year's theme is Ordinary Cities in Exceptional Times. What did you make of the theme?
9: I thought very timely. It was a very timely theme. I think um, um, the organizer's description of it was had also a lot to do with um, the the multiple crisis of these exceptional times that, that is happening right now and this kind of was an introduction yesterday as well and it made me think about the first time I was here or also the last time I was in Athens which was for the Documenta um, several years ago and I remember around the Documenta there was a lot of criticism uh, in terms of the organizers organizing this event in Athens in a way in which people felt like there was a kind of touristification of crisis or commodification of crisis or crisis was turned into this kind of spectacle and so I think whenever an an event is organized and we think about where it takes place and what the themes are and what is associated with the place in terms of themes I think one of the questions I always have is like is crisis and Athens somehow inextricably tied and um and what does this do to this this place, in a way? Like, how do we frame this place where we do this? But I thought yesterday's kind of introduction to Athens, the activism that's here, um, and give a kind of broader context for why this is very timely to do it now could you mind standing here because the wind is blowing
2: towards
8: us okay thanks Julie for that and um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the panel you were presenting in which had um, to do about like decolonizing methodologies pluriverse and uh, you know, all the work of Quijano, Santos, like from South American literature mm-hmm. um, so uh, could you talk a little bit about like the, what you presented, like what was the theme like, you know, of, what were your takeaways from this panel?
9: Yeah, it's a huge um, session topics, I think there's four, four separate panels of multiple papers and it was very dense and so clearly a topic that is something that a lot of people are working on and interested in and I thought, um, it was really fascinating, also, and also just this first session with all the different panels in terms of the breadth of engagement with this question of decolonization. Um, yesterday, Malik um, Abdul Malik Simo made this comment about, you know, what places are metaphor? What places have to serve as a metaphor? And for me, it reminded me of this paper from Tuck and Yang that's about decolonization is not a metaphor. And um, thinking about like, what does decolonizing or decolonization actually mean in the implementation? In our research and our teaching, like what do we mean by it when we say this? Um, so our paper was thinking specifically about epistemic authority and whether we can parse out what, how to define this massive idea, and um, and to really kind of just dis- differentiate um, all of the all of the scholarship. And this is also really broad, from like radical pedagogy to you know political philosophy, and also postcolonial scholarship about like. Um, You know, what is knowledge? Who has knowledge? How is knowledge produced? And um, how are these things interlinked but also distinct in terms of, like, kind of creating epistemic authority? And so, our paper tries to grapple with this specifically with our research with Sans Papier, um, a teaching collaboration in Zurich that is ongoing and um, a work in progress. Okay,
8: one final theme I wanted to talk to you about is, like, we saw in your panel two of the presenters uh, could not travel here because of visa issues, and uh, now in the supposedly post-pandemic world, we are uh, again doing conferences in person, Mm -hmm. and, like, everyone assumes that, you know, everyone's going to be able to travel. What did you think about, like, the organization itself of, um, like, uh, how was it logistically...
9: I mean, it's certainly another form of epistemic injustice if conferences remain the kind of dominant way of exchange um, that's kind of valued and that is important for careers and that's important for publications or um, networks or influence or whatever it might be. I think I also know people who wanted to come in for different reasons, either visa or they had the wrong... COVID vaccine or whatever it might be and could not travel here and it definitely leaves a different taste in your mouth right? when you are here Um, and I think that there has to be a way of addressing this. I mean I think the fact that our panel was able to be hybrid was an exception so going back to the theme of exceptional times rather than the norm so this wasn't something that was offered for all of the for the conference in general. They really wanted to create an environment here which I understand but it also um, they haven't figured out a Way to make it to deal with this inequity that some people could not be here, and this yeah. will be um, this will be interesting moving forward in terms of the decisions for where to have RC21 in the future, um, and also you know in what form it takes place. Like if there are more hybrid forms in the future, if there's a way to do something, don't know.
8: Thanks a lot, Julie. Thanks for taking your time to to talk with us.
2: I'm speaking to Dato Gogishvili, who's a postdoctoral researcher at the University of Lausanne. Dato, what were your impressions of RC21 in Athens?
10: Impressions? Well, I will start with more general things. It was good to see friends and peers that I've not seen for more than 20 years already because of the pandemic mostly and um, all the... Uh, disturbances that and problems that it caused. Um, I enjoyed some sessions. I enjoyed particularly also the keynote on multiscalar borders um, and their urban reproductions and contestations. Um, I think we uh, also had a um, productive um, session in three parts and it was a good chance to bring group of scholars that work on the issue of culture and the city and the flagships but also different sides of this, this issue. Um, and there were some other good sessions. Um, I enjoyed um, uh, particularly the one on um, Everyday Crisis, Beyond the Eventful, even though I managed to attend only the last part um, where we discussed Issues from dignity to energy crisis to the uh, new urban policies in Manchester and Athens. Um, I think it was pro- quite productive and interesting conference uh, with some issues that I can also talk about if you want.
2: Okay, great. And uh, what do you think of the conference topic?
10: Intentionally or non intentionally, um, uh, ignored the issue of uh, war in mm-hmm. Ukraine, Russia's war in Ukraine. Um, I understand that uh, the topic of the conference was planned much earlier, and uh, then this unfortunate event happened. Uh, but considering also the name and the, like the general theme of the conference, and the crisis and the exceptional and and the ordinary cities, I think it was uh, it was something that i expected to hear more about first of all just out of the let's say academic relevance of the topic and then also just out of the solidarity with our colleagues from ukraine um that most of them of course weren't able to be present there um i think it i don't know what's the reason as i said but i think it also has some relevance in general of uh, uh, not having the the large um, area of so-called post socialist globalists not being present very much in um, the, in, in this debate uh, especially um, yeah let's say the conferences that are held in global north even though they have uh, ambition to cover um, areas beyond beyond it um, this was partly mentioned during the um, this, this general problem was partly mentioned during the um, during the keynote that I attended. Uh, that questions about the Eastern Europe largely is often ignored.
2: I see your point. Um, one last question: What about location? Uh, what have you learned from
10: Athens? we were urban issues that Athens is concerned with at the moment, in relation to the housing, particularly and uh, its different sides. This was very present in the conference. Uh, program itself and um, maybe gave us a better understanding of, uh, um, I don't know, the, the, the problems that the city faces and what's the, research, the state of the research on it.
2: Thank you, Dato, for sharing your impression with us and the listeners. Uh, up to the next one.
8: So we are talking to Julia Torino. Julia uh, is a researcher at Cambridge, a postdoctoral researcher at Cambridge University, and uh, she presented a really nice paper uh, on extended urbanisation, extensionality, and uh, politics of emplacement amongst black migrants in uh, in southern Italy. And uh, Julia, so what did you think of um, the conference so far? Like, what did you think of the theme of exceptional times, um, ordinary cities in exceptional times?
1: Hi, Nitin. Um, uh, first of all, I really like RC Twenty One in general as as a format of conference. So it's it's great to be here this year after three years of pandemic. Uh, it's I mean it's it's. Very clear to some extent the focus on exceptional times after what we've been through in the past three years, and it's it's very interesting to see how people in different panels um, interpreted these themes. Sometimes, actually flipping it completely, showing how these times are perhaps not exceptional at all, but they are the new ordinary uh, we're going through. So you know, even the opposition between exceptional times and ordinary cities. Um, can be interpreted in so many ways. The first day of the conference, at the launching event, we had um, a, a very pleasant surprise from the activists of a nearby site near the National University of Athens, who um, activists who came uh, and shared with us their ongoing experience of gentrification and police violence in the area, and uh, they circulated just yesterday, I saw an email where they circulated the text um, of, of their... Um, Uh, their presentation so to speak at the conference and at the end of it they saw how they flipped uh, exceptional cities in ordinary times to talk about the resistance um, in Athens so yeah I think there has been a lot of different approaches um, most of which very interesting Um, the panel on the colonizing was also a very interesting take on the idea of the ordinary and um, how what we often in urban studies, or Western urban studies, which is often implied in, in much of the yeah. discipline, has been conceiving the, or, the exceptional, uh, is actually the ordinary in other realities and, and needs to be reconceptualized a lot.
8: And what did you think of the choice of Athens as, like, you know, someone called it an ordinary city. What did you think of Athens as?
1: I mean, I I cannot really tell you whether it's ordinary or exceptional because I'm I'm not an expert by any means on Athens, but I'm... I'm for other reasons, I'm very pleased about the choice because I think that, and here of course I'm biased by my own research interest, but what has been unfolding in the last decade and more in the Mediterranean uh, is something that has got very little reflections overall RC21 so far. And I think the choice of Athens is, is very meaningful as a Mediterranean city in its geopolitical but also um, social and cultural position in, in the Mediterranean, and of course as a centrality of what the, some might call the refugee crisis so it's it's important uh, to have this event here this year
8: and uh, what were your reflections on a lot of people could not join uh, like i mean in in the panel that you presented extended organization there were quite a few people who could not join due to visa issues and you know there was a hybrid format uh, for them but it was also individually organized what did you think of like how the conference was organized and how should we organize in future rc21 conferences
1: Yeah, I mean, the visa issue is, of course, not a new problem and not just RC21. It's a constant problem that we encounter in academia and you know, I mean, we could talk for hours about this, but overall, in terms of the hybrid, hybrid format of the conference, I think that the individual panels did um, a really good job. The, organ- the chairs of individual panels have, have seen some going uh, over and beyond to try and accommodate even last-minute requests and, and trying to really fit um, online presentations in a way that the speakers felt welcome, not just simply coming and presenting their works, but actually being able to follow the rest of the panels, uh, being able to engage with the audience. So I've seen a lot of efforts from individual panel chairs and I think this is the way to go in in the future in any case, pandemic or not. It's, It's a more inclusive approach and then we should definitely have a panel on visas in and of itself and
2: accessibility to international conferences.
8: Thanks, Julia. Thanks for taking the time to talk to our
7: listeners.
2: Hi, I have Nidhi Subramaniam here with me, who is Assistant Professor of Geography and Planning at the University of Toronto. Nidhi, let us know, tell us a bit about your experience of the RC21 conference, especially knowing that uh, you are based uh, in Canada and uh, the conference took place in Europe. How was it to to get you
11: um and i was really looking forward to come to Athens. and me and a friend collaborated and we proposed uh, to convene and organize a panel and it, it got accepted and we got really good responses so we were eager to come here and and present Having said that, despite my uh, very privileged academic position, uh, I'm a tenure-track faculty member at the Department of Geography and Planning in one of the leading universities in the world, the University of Toronto. I have funding to come to this conference. Uh, I struggle to get a visa (laughs) because I'm also someone with an Indian passport. And thanks to the pandemic, uh, which I thought the situation was improving, but it was not, across Canada... uh, the Greek consulate was not open and they were not giving out appointments when I checked in April and May and so I was like again this is part of my privilege I was about to travel to India uh, over over the break uh, summer break to do field work and I was very lucky to have found an appointment in the Mumbai consulate the day after I landed so I showed up there with my uh, visa papers and uh, I realized like the indignities of applying for a European visa from India, which I hadn't uh, done in some time. Mm-hmm. And so when I did that, I realized I had to prove to them what I do in Canada and that I'll certainly go back from Europe to Canada and would not stay there. Although I'm applying for the visa from India, I wrote a letter, couple letter uh, because Uh, The visa office in India was not equipped to understand paperwork on my finances and taxation in Canada. I had to generate a whole set of Indian documents to apply for this visa and that was eye opening and despite this they told me that they would hold on to my passport for nearly two months Mm -hmm. while they processed the application. Um, Luckily I was going to be in India for that duration so I decided to take the risk. But as I was approaching uh, my date of return to Canada, I had to start really like counting the days and checking my phone every day to see if the passport would be delivered. And at some point, I'd made up my mind that I'm going to withdraw from this conference if it doesn't happen. Uh, Despite that, I made it and I feel really happy, lucky and privileged. Uh, But I also know of many who did not get the visa or for whom like producing that kind of paperwork up front. Uh, would be really difficult to show that you have the kind of money and that you're not an immigration threat to the EU. And you're just coming here to interact with colleagues and share your research and, you know, uh, meet others interested in similar ideas. So I think uh, to sort of, this is a long story uh, to say that it would be really nice. You know, I think the pandemic did teach us some lessons. And one of it is... uh, the possibility of uh, having you know, hybrid spaces.
2: Tell us more about your experience here in Athens.
11: One one other thing I think the conference organizers uh, could have done is to explicitly support minority or immigrant-owned businesses or local businesses uh, by either procuring the lunch or coffee from them. And maybe they did this, but... uh, I would have liked them to also highlight this to participants to uh, coming from elsewhere to the city, so that we also are sensitive about how we are moving about in Athens and uh, the way in which uh, we make choices about where to hang out and uh, eat and you know the way we consume the city. So um, maybe in future when we have RC21, I think uh, organizers can try to put together like a map of suggested uh, places or businesses to support local businesses. Uh, Because I think then the conference economy can truly uh, support or be more deliberately uh, connected to the local economy and city rather than just being tourists flying in and out.
2: And uh, what does it mean for you to attend in-person conferences today?
11: So uh, I think one of the other things uh, about, you know, coming out of the pandemic is uh, coming to a conference like this, like there were so many amazing panels that I had to miss because they are at the same time as my panel. Uh, and I would think if uh, the presenter was willing to be recorded, uh, we could also consider uh, making available some of these recordings. Uh, so that people can watch them later in case they missed a session or, uh, you know, like creating the collective knowledge. I don't think, like right now, we are only in the mode of writing articles. We're all like sharing our knowledge in so many new formats. Yeah. Yeah. So this could, we good. I think we really, as an academic community, also need to uh, think carefully about those new formats of knowledge sharing and how more people can be involved in and using that knowledge.
2: Thank you very much Nidi. these were wonderful thoughts. Thank you for sharing them with us.
11: My
3: name is Eleni Triantafilopoulou. I was born in Athens. Um, I'm currently a PhD student at the Humboldt University uh, of Berlin, but uh, the last three years I returned to Athens uh, due to financial uh, reasons and I've been also working as an engineer, in, so in another field and I'm trying to submit my thesis as soon as possible.
4: <laughs> well, can you think of particular moments or debates uh, during the conference that, that have struck you as remarkable?
3: Um, Our panel, <laughs> just now, <laughs> uh, yes, the panel on the research and recording, I think it brought into the light um, many of the problems that young researchers in Greece uh, face, but not only in Greece. We could see that this can apply to so many countries and um, it was, uh, we could say, something that I don't think that ever, had ever happened again in a conference. I mean, these are things that we talk about uh, usually among ourselves or, I don't know, uh, after the conference, (laughs) drinking a beer or something. And um, it's nice that uh, we put it forward in a more organized way, I think. And it can also open the discussion of what do we expect uh, regarding the academia, how should the universities actually uh, work, and um, uh, what do we want to change, and how we can improve it? And this was very important, I think, for the Greek case because the first time, the first day that I came to the conference, um, I was with uh, a, f- a friend of mine who is also academic, and we noticed that uh, the young researchers, the young Greek researchers, were missing. And we were in Athens, so that was actually weird. And uh, we can see that uh, there is a gap, uh, especially between the ages 35 to 45, and um, people no longer can, you know, uh, actually put up with the <laughs> this precarious environment. And if you don't see also a way out of it quite uh, in the near future, then. Uh, unfortunately, you withdraw. So uh, I think we should open the discussion more broadly. And conferences are uh, a good uh, opportunity to bring all those uh, different experiences uh, into the, onto the table.
4: What what else do you think is is does a, uh, a perspective uh, from Greece bring to this uh, conference?
3: Um, okay, Greece has suffered a lot during the last decade because of the Greek debt crisis and the austerity measures promoted, and um, this is something that you can now see more completely, so to say, um, and it has also special representations, really, really evident. Um, so I think it was um, a good idea that the conference was uh, held here on this uh, uh, part of the world that was hit by the crisis and then of course the pandemic uh, made the situation worse um, because despite the fact that uh, I don't know, we are considered an A European country, this was a- always my, my problem with the RC21, I have to say that <laughs> That the from fees the were yes, the fees were very, when I first wanted to attend, I wasn't even a PhD student back then in 2012 I had just finished my master and uh, it was during the crisis years and I saw the fees and I said I didn't really have the I had to you know make drastic cuts from other things in order to be able to attend. and I said, why is Greece um, an A country when it comes to fees? Uh, when it's not when it comes into the social reality you know and um, so I think it's nice that it came into the spotlight because uh, some of the tendencies that we can already see in other countries regarding social problems regarding urban problems here we're, were you know were really enforced and were really implemented in a very short period of time because of the crisis so they are so to say more visible or more evident but of course they exist also in other uh, international, within the international context. Um, uh, I think this is the, the main, yeah, the main advantage, so to say. And uh, I don't know, Athens is not really spotted uh, very much within the international debate when it comes to urban planning, mainly because it has also very troubled urban history and no planning, and um, um, I don't know, I always th- thought that it was a very nice ugly city that <laughs> someone <laughs> should investigate. But.
2: We have Simone Tulumelo here from the University of Lisbon. Simone, what were your impressions of RC21?
12: I'm loving it. Yeah. I mean, first, I see 21 conference after the pandemic in presence. It's, uh, you know, like things of meeting friends and colleagues uh, and people. A lot of people I've met during the pandemic Mm -hmm. in meetings. So it's the first time we meet in presence. Mm -hmm. This is the the great part. I'm really happy. This is a fully uh, in presence Mm -hmm. conference. You know, there's been I've seen on Twitter some discussion, someone complaining oh, in terms of the inequalities of access. But I think it's important doing other events uh, online to mm-hmm. broaden their geographies of uh, participation. But at the same time, it's so important to have these type yeah. of events and also the type of connections that you make in presence you don't you don't make online. So
2: any particular moments or highlights that you want to share with us? Um, Let's take the the conference topic. Uh, how does it speak to you?
12: So well, I've been mostly during the the, the parallel sessions in the uh, in the panel organized by UNHCR and Michael Lanchon mm-hmm. housing struggles. Very interesting. It was actually one of the biggest mm-hmm. panels in terms of abstracts, and I'm I'm happy there is a, a growing interest in C21 on housing struggles. Mm-hmm. There's always been, but it seems to be yeah. some one of the there are also other panels uh, mm-hmm. on, on, on this topic so that i really like i mean i'm just coming out from the keynote uh, on borders and that's nice having scholars like nando sigona and martina tazzioli coming who were not mm-hmm. from an urban studies background coming and entering this conversation i mean in general i think also the the first keynotes has been interesting in terms of opening up yeah to, to this ideas of the exceptional and mm-hmm. ordinary, and I mean, in that sense, I think it's yeah. I was really thinking, ordinary is is a, has been a very useful concept for some time, mm-hmm. but it's definitely the right moment to to, to question it, not mm-hmm. not to put it aside, but in a sense. working on it a bit more. I mean, in in many cases it's used just as a lab. Okay, this is an ordinary city. In a sense, maybe all cities are ordinary and extraordinary at the same time, Mm -hmm. so it's useful to question it. And at the same time also this idea of exceptionality, which is once again useful if you think about the big, looming crisis, especially climate change, etc. But, and this is for instance one of the things I tried to to convey in my keynote, this idea that we also need to look at the historical record to see that these type of challenges in different shapes have always been with us. So maybe we can also use the historical record to to try and Secret. and fight, you know, that feeling of discomfort that we have, but there is nothing we can do. So they use productive concepts to, to, to reflect on, on the urban.
2: And what about your keynote panel?
12: Uh, I and Derek used to look at these relations mm-hmm. between the global or the planetary and, and and the urban. I mean, nowadays I'm very like, I have this provocation, this need to push the urban to stop focusing on the local and think more global, wider scales. While Eric on the other hand was saying, look, energy transitions are global processes, but then at the local level, you never know yeah. what happens. So
2: different ways to look at this, this relation. And I think it was very fun. Great. Thank you so much, Simone.
8: We are talking to Abdul Malik Simon. Um, we just came out of a really massively organized uh, panel called Ordinarily Massive. And uh, Malik, what what are, what are your thoughts on um, the the theme of this year's conference, RC21? conference?
0: No, I think I think the 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 theme is was really interesting in terms of being able to put together. These, these very different kinds of trajectories between the ordinary and the, and the extraordinary, and to really sort of interrogate these kinds of both spatial and temporal kinds of parameters that usually are set in some ways against each other, but how one thinks about the various kinds of interrelationships that can be, that can be drawn. So of course within the, the kind of work that we were doing in our panel, we're trying to take what's oftentimes seen as an extraordinary situation and to try to find new ways of rendering its various practices and perspectives in a way that, that, that make things more, in some ways, accessible, quotidian, uh, with a kind of different kind of affective quality to them. That I think helps to create uh, a different way of being able to engage these kinds of things. You know. And what did
8: you think of Athens as a city, uh, for, as the, cho- the choice of Athens uh, for the conference?
0: Well, I mean, I, I, I like the way in which the the, the 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 struggles at the moment were be able to be folded in and amplified and commented upon. Uh, within the within the the, the the conference, not as a case study, but as a as a kind of as a certain kind of atmosphere, a very troubling atmosphere of the way in which the city is being transformed, uh, and to be able to sort of have that in the background as 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 the momentary reality through which other aspects of the uh, issues of the conference were being addressed. Well, thanks a lot for
8: talking to us. Okay. Thank you, Nathan.
4: Thanks to you for listening. For more information, visit our website urbanpolitical.polyg.io
1: Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter.